Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Friday Night Smackdown post show for October 14th, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York, as always. Coming to you from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Friday evenings, wherever you may be. What a SmackDown tonight. Jesse, the main event is ass. Now you know why I did not watch Rampage, and I'm sticking to my guns. There's no Rampage coverage tonight, folks. Rampage sucks, okay? We're not covering Rampage. SmackDown tonight, on the other hand, man, absolutely great show. I loved everything about SmackDown tonight, even the women. Even the women's match was a thumbs-up affair with Roxanne Perez making her Main roster debut on SmackDown. There was a lot on this SmackDown sandwich tonight, and it was all built around Bray Wyatt. No Roman. There was no Bloodline stuff outside of the open. They sandwiched this show with the Bloodline stuff in the beginning, and then Bray Wyatt got basically the last 10, 11 minutes of the show. We might as well talk about Bray Wyatt right at the top, man. I know this is why everybody's here. Bray Wyatt is back on Friday night. This is his official brand. He's not on Monday Night Raw. He will be operating out of Friday Night SmackDown, which is probably what's best for business for Bray Wyatt and WWE as the one feud that I think everybody is really hoping for is one with Roman Reigns. And Bray Wyatt is really making... It's a very difficult thing to sit here and ponder who's going to beat Roman Reigns. Obviously, my stamp has been on the Cody Rhodes postcard. And with Bray Wyatt being back, he's definitely making a immediate splash, more so than I think anybody really anticipated. He is on his way to being even bigger than he ever was with The Fiend. And I am here for it, and I think this is fantastic. He's been assigned to SmackDown. The entire show was built around the return of Bray Wyatt. PW Insiders reporting that Bray Wyatt is slated for SmackDown. WWE announced on Raw that Wyatt would be appearing on Friday night after people had hopes of seeing him on Monday Night Raw. Now, I said this on Raw. I'm going to say it again for you guys. Bray Wyatt was never advertised for Monday Night Raw. Coming out of Extreme Rules, everybody thought that Bray Wyatt was going to appear on Monday Night Raw, me included. Bray Wyatt was not at Monday Night Raw, and Bray Wyatt was only there in spirit. They replayed the return from the Extreme Rules pay-per-view, and they gave you another cryptic QR code with a vignette that led us to Friday night, and then we seen Bray Wyatt, or more so Wyndham, in the flesh tonight on Friday night to close the show. Obviously, there's talk about Wyatt and the Wyatt Six. 
When is Wyatt going to reveal the Firefly Funhouse characters that have seemingly come to life at the Extreme Rules pay-per-view? It's going to be something that we're going to have to be patient with because it's going to be a very integral part of the story and it's going to make who Bray Wyatt really is on television. But I do have some leeway in the, or I should say some... News on the Wyatt Six rumors. WWE this week filed, and this is now official. I didn't know where I could find this, but obviously when people were saying this to me on my live stream chat on Wednesday afternoon, I went live for an extra with some basic news and rumors for the day. People in my chat were telling me that WWE had trademarked two names that could be affiliated and associated with the Wyatt Six group. WWE has filed for two ring names with the United States Patent and Trademark Office. This was on October 8th, 2022. Uncle Harper and Uncle Howdy are listed for entertainment services. Now, Bray Wyatt obviously is going to string us along with the seemingly, you know, cryptic group that nobody knows and people are really kind of guessing at this point, the Wyatt Six. With the mystery solved, fans are now beginning to speculate who's in this group. Is it Bo Dallas? I'll get to Bo Dallas in a second, as, as I do think that Bo Dallas has something to do with what we saw tonight. Bo Dallas, some people are saying Liv Morgan. I don't know if that's going to be the case or not. It's not Eva Marie. Don't worry. Don't, uh, I, I can't begin, I can't even begin to tell you how many people reached into my DMs and said, J.D., look at this. Please, God, no. Bro, I'm telling you right now, if Eva Marie joins the Wyatt Six, and if Eva Marie is back on WWE television, I quit this podcast. I'm done. I, I, can't, I can't take a third return. I can't. I can't do it. I mean, give me a break, man. Nobody wants to see that woman on WWE television, man. If you want to see something like that, I mean, there's free sites on the internet where you can get your fix of somebody that looks like Eve Marie. I mean, give me a fucking break, okay? Nobody wants to see Eve Marie on television, man. My God, is she the most fucking dismal and abysmal pro wrestler that I think I've ever seen. I can count on one hand how many maneuvers that Eve Marie did in her last WWE stint. And it probably doesn't even exceed the number two, okay? Let's, let's dumb down these fucking geeks online that think Eve Marie is gonna join the Wyatt Six. Give me a fucking break. No Eva Marie, Karrion Cross. Some people were saying Grayson Waller. I, I, I mean, I don't get it. I mean, Grayson Waller was even on Twitter today laughing about it. He even had a fucking uh, lantern that he bought on WWE Shop with the Fiend's head. He bought this lantern, this Bray Wyatt prop, and he's laughing. Oh, all because the guy was wearing an Hawaiian shirt. Everybody thought I was a part of the Wyatt Six, he's saying. Give me a break. It's not Grayson Waller. Where's Baron Corbin? Baron Corbin may be associated with the Wyatt Six. Dexter Loomis, Gary and Cross, Joe Gacy. There's so many names out there. There's so many names out there. Uncle Harper and Uncle Howdy. Dave Meltzer is reporting that WWE has plans for Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt Six from now through April 2023 also known as WrestleMania season. Folks, I want to see everybody in the chat. 
I want to see everybody in the chat with that LTB emoji, man. Dave Meltzer is reporting that WWE has plans for Bray Wyatt that go through WrestleMania 20, or not, uh, WrestleMania 2023, WrestleMania 39. Long-term booking. It's exactly what needed to be. I'm excited about it. They got a plan. They got a direction. They have a vision. And that's all we could ever ask for. That's all we could ever ask for. Just based off that note, I think I'm more excited about what's going on now than I was before. They have a plan. They didn't bring him back as, oh my God, he's back. Let's throw him out on television and do nothing with him. Love it. Absolutely love it. There is all kinds of speculation regarding the identities of the Wyatt Six, says Meltzer. There's also said to be a long-term plan for the group up till WrestleMania. End quote. Wyatt last wrestled at WrestleMania 37. That was back in April 2021, following a Firefly Funhouse segment on the next night on Raw. The popular star was off TV until his release in July. Also, writing in The Observer, Dave Meltzer revealed that there was talk, presumably in WWE, that Aleister Black was mentioned as being a part of the Wyatt Six. Dave Meltzer wrote, and I quote, others internally have said that some of those are to be believed, the stories. Some of these stories are believed to be accurate, but the things that are up in the air right now, mentioning others that could be a part of it, everything is up in the air. Mentioning the dyad or or schism or Joe Gacy, whatever the fuck he's calling his group. The dyad in particular are possible, and the other names listed are not sure things. While obviously this won't happen, There was talk of Aleister Black joining the group. WWE even included a line from Black's theme song as one of the QR code clues during the White Rabbit QR code campaign before Wyatt returned. Malachi is currently on absence, or leave of absence, I should say, from AEW. He did ask for his release, and he was not granted his release from AEW. He will not be granted his release from AEW. Tony Khan is not letting anybody go. Malachi Black will not be back in WWE. I'm letting you all know, for all the geeks out there that are wanting to believe, Malachi Black is not going to be a part of the Wyatt Six. So please, do not ask me about it again, okay? Now, as far as tonight, everything that happened tonight was absolutely brilliant. This was everything that you could have possibly asked for as far as Bray Wyatt's presentation in the WWE. And I love everything that they did, and nobody expected anything to happen like what we saw tonight. He came out, he got this long, drawn-out entrance. I was wondering how much time he was going to get. But after we saw what had happened, I think everybody kind of fell, you know, into that, that camp about... WWE, are they going to give us enough and this and that? Bray Wyatt came out, did the big entrance, did the lantern. He came out and he was not dressed as a character. He was not dressed in gimmick. He basically came out as Wyndham Rotunda. And Bray came out in regular street clothes. And Bray came out as a normal human being. On tonight's SmackDown. And nobody expected that 
Nobody expected Bray to come out as a normal human being. Now, I know a lot of reports have stated that WWE has been largely hands-off with the Bray Wyatt character and the direction of the character. Whoever came up with this and the way that they went about this tonight, I don't know who it is. I don't know if it's a mixture of Triple H and his team. I don't know if it's all Bray. I don't know if it's Bray mixed with the horror, uh, the horror movie writer that they hired to work alongside Bray on the WWE creative team. I don't know. But whatever they did tonight, whoever came up with this and gave us this direction on SmackDown as the first little tidbit in this Bray Wyatt journey, they deserve a fucking handshake, a cold beverage, and a fucking raise. Simple. Bray Wyatt addressed the fans as himself. The real Bray Wyatt. He basically was out there as Wyndham Rotunda. He was obviously nervous. He basically went out there and gave what a lot of people would look at as, you know, a a promo when someone is stepping down or stepping away or retiring. But he came out there unlike anything we've ever seen before. He was nervous. He was kind of stumbling over his words a bit. He had tears in his eyes. He was very emotional. He poured his heart out to the fans as everybody expected him to, you know, when everything that had happened led to this. So he's got new entrance music. I don't really know how I feel about it. I don't know how I feel about it. It's not better than the Fiend music. It's not better than his old Bray Wyatt theme. So it may be something that I have to sit with and let grow on me. So he got a huge reaction. Fireflies all over the arena in New Orleans. He admitted he didn't know how to feel. He got emotional and added that he never got to show this particular side of himself. He's just out there being him. Wyatt said it was a challenging year because he lost his job. He lost his self-confidence. He lost two people in this life that were incredibly close to him. People started chanting, Brody, Brody, Brody. He thought everything he did in WWE didn't matter. But he looked at himself and realized that he was wrong. Wyatt discussed fans in the absence of Bray Wyatt from WWE approaching him, thanking him for everything that he did for us, the fans. Fans erupted into a thank you, Bray. Thank you, Bray chant. He got very emotional. He thanked the fans for being there for him, never going away, never leaving him. He found himself at his lowest, and the fans just wouldn't let him run away. He thanked the fans again, and all of a sudden, we get a Titantron video of a man in the mask. We got Bray in the ring, and this is the last we see of Bray. We get the man behind the mask, the same mask that he came out with on Saturday at Extreme Rules, on the Titantron, and he said to come with him because your life is done. Forget the future and forget the past. You have no idea who you're dealing with, but you will. This man in the mask, I guess we'll call him Bray, evil laugh, SmackDown ended with the signature Wyatt family sound effect with Bray's new uh, 
moth-like logo. It looks like something right out of Parasite Eve or Silence of the Lambs. That's the way SmackDown went off the air. A cliffhanger with Bray Wyatt in the ring, cutting an emotional promo. Cuts to the Titantron to see what I think is Bray Wyatt's alter ego. And basically, Bray, the evil Bray, is telling him, you have no idea what you're dealing with, but you soon will forget the future and forget the past. That's the way SmackDown went off the air. This was brilliant. We're keeping in line with what Bray Wyatt has been doing with these split personalities. Bray Wyatt was Funhouse Bray. Bray Wyatt was amongst the puppets. Bray Wyatt was Mr. Rogers Bray Wyatt in the Firefly Funhouse. And when he wanted to really invoke evil on people, he turned into the fiend. This is Bray showing us the same type of character that has split personalities. Bray's in the ring cutting an emotional promo, and I would be fucking lying to you that I'm watching this, and I told you I did not get teary-eyed. Everything the man said was true. Everything the man said was legit, 100% a shoot. And here he is pouring his heart out to us, and we didn't expect this. We, we expected Bray to come out with the lantern, come out with the mask, and we expected him to speak to us as Bray Wyatt, the eater of worlds Bray Wyatt, or in some creepy fucking tone, or some mysterious fucking promo. We didn't get any of that. We got real Wyndham, and then we got Bray, the character on the Titantron. Does Bray have a split personality? That's what people are thinking right now. But what if I told you, with all the rumors, that Bo Dallas is coming back to the WWE, and Bo Dallas will be back in WWE imminently. What if Bray was out there cutting an emotional promo, and Brother Bo was behind the mask, letting Bray know exactly what he needs to do, leave the past in the past, don't worry about the future, and you have no idea what you're dealing with. What if it's his brother, Bo, behind the mask? It would be too easy. Everything that we've seen so far, everything that they've strung us along on was basically something that they wanted you to go figure out. Now, yes, we all knew it was Bray Wyatt coming back, but some of the things you really need to, it was a community-wide effort to figure out what the fuck these meant and where these coordinates led you to and what these vignettes were from, you know, where these vignettes were from and, and the, the meanings of these words and the fucking puzzles and all this other shit. They sent you on a wild goose chase with Bray Wyatt. It would be too easy if Bray's in the ring cutting an emotional promo and Bray's on the Titantron basically speaking to himself in an alter ego. What if it's Brother Bo? I don't know. I think that would throw people for a loop. What if, the first, what if the first member of the Wyatt Six is the man on the screen? What if the mask has nothing to do with Bray? I don't know. But this is incredible. Because I've always said, and a lot of people always said, when you put a dose of realism into WWE or any pro wrestling show, it's that much better. And what Bray Wyatt did took everybody basically out of their game, off their game, and he gave us something that nobody expected. And that's why I think who we saw on the Titan Tron, I could be wrong. I'm just making a guess here. You know, nobody expected Bright to come out as what he came out as tonight. So I'm taking a stab at it. And I think whoever's on the fucking screen is not actually who you think it is. 
Everybody said, oh, it's Bray. Could be. Bray's going to have an alter ego for sure. But Bray talking to himself is a little too predictable. I think WWE wants to keep you guessing. So we will see what happens with that. But I thought what they did tonight was absolutely tremendous. They lived up to the billing. We didn't get them on Monday. And I said why we didn't get them on Monday. Bray Wyatt was not on Monday. And they gave you Lesnar. They gave NBC Universal Brock Lesnar on Monday as a make good because WWE had to be the bearer of bad news for NBC Universal because everybody wants a piece of Bray right now. Bray's going to Fox. So WWE made good with NBCU. Yeah, we'll give you Lesnar. You, you couldn't have Lesnar before because he was feuding with Roman and Roman and Lesnar were on SmackDown selling the match for WrestleMania on Fox. But we'll give you Lesnar right now. We'll, we'll do Lesnar on Monday night. Meanwhile, they'll just quietly shift Bray Wyatt over to SmackDown because Fox needs their greedy little hands all over everything that's hot right now because they feel like they have first dips. WWE didn't call Brock Lesnar until Saturday afternoon. They called him on the day of Extreme Rules to show up on Monday. I went over all this already. What they did with Bray Wyatt was incredibly done. A very good cliffhanger. I said it was a cock tease on Twitter. That's exactly what it was. And I mean that in a good way. This is going to continue getting you invested in what's coming next. You're basically watching real episodic television, folks. They're not going to give you the fucking reveal. They're not going to give you the answers that you want until you are ready for the answers, until they are ready for the answers. This is going to be a journey, and we're all a part of this, and we're all excited to see where it goes. We're all excited to see what returns happen. WWE, who knows who they have planned for the Wyatt Six? Who knows? I hope it's... I hope it's five others, including Bray, that nobody would even think of. Something new, something fresh, something that fits into the Bray Wyatt universe. Bray being on SmackDown itself is brilliant because everybody knows that Bray and Roman have history. Bray Wyatt was the WWE Universal Champion, and who beat him for that title? In a very unceremonious fashion. It was Roman Reigns. The Wyatt Six, are they back for Roman? Is Bray back for Roman? Is Bray back for revenge? I mean, the story writes itself. And this is why I said, you know, with Bray and Cody now, everybody with Cody coming in was on the Cody Rhodes train. I was. Everybody was. Cody's got to beat the guy. Cody's got to be the guy to beat Roman Reigns. You know, I know there are a lot of people out there now with Bray Wyatt back who are going to say it should be Bray that beats Roman for the WWE Championship. Fun. I have no problem with that at all. I don't. By the reactions that this man is getting every fucking week, I don't give a shit if he's the one. As long as it's somebody. It's got to be somebody. Braun Breaker was quoted saying, I hope Roman Reigns never loses the fucking championship. He beats everybody and just gives up the title and retires. No, that's not the way to go about it. I'll have more to say on tomorrow's live stream before I fly to Dublin. We're going live at 2 p.m. tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern. If Bray is the one to take down Roman, I don't mind. Look at the reactions this man has gotten in fucking one week. Look at the social media buzz this man has created in one week. Look at the interest that this man has given WWE in just one week. It's amazing. Look at the numbers that his segment did at Extreme Rules on YouTube. Look at the social media numbers. Look at Monday Night Raw's ratings. 
They were trending on 1-5 on Monday night during Monday Night Football. Bray gave them close to a 1-9. It's not really a needle mover, but I'm going to say he's moving the needle. He's doing something. The buzz in WWE is greater with Bray back doing what he's been doing and everything that they've done, stringing us along with the QR codes and stringing us along with all the puzzles and the fucking clues. And now this. This is so great for the fucking program. I haven't felt this way about a WWE show in a very long time. One of the one things that I have been very vocal about in regards to WWE is when the show is over, I don't give a fuck if it comes back next week. With Triple H in charge and with this storyline and with Bray and the clues and what's coming next and the unpredictability, Triple H and WWE has me feeling I can't wait for Friday. Now, I haven't felt this way about SmackDown in a very, very long time. And yes, Triple H has a lot to do with that. But Bray Wyatt is going to add on top of what Triple H is doing and they're making it appointment television again. And that's exactly what we need. Same thing is happening with Monday Night Raw. I don't feel lethargic during Monday Night Raws anymore. I don't feel bored. Monday Night Raw has been largely a very good show. SmackDown has been better. It's a little bit more digestible at two hours. That's why it's better. But it's just hot. It's easily out of Raw and Dynamite. I would say SmackDown's the best show. Whatever they did with Bray Wyatt has been incredible including what they did tonight. This cliffhanger was truly a thing of beauty. And that's exactly what you want as a pro wrestling fan, and that's the way you want your show to go off the air if you're WWE and if you're Fox. This guarantees people will tune in next week. Bray needs to be on TV every fucking week, and this needs to be something that just treks along slowly but surely, getting us to where we needed to go for that ultimate reveal. Everything about this was brilliant. Everything else that happened on SmackDown seems a little bit inconsequential, but it was a big deal. SmackDown was a big show tonight. LA Knight debuted. Rey Mysterio is on SmackDown. We'll talk about that. That's his new permanent home. What that means for SmackDown. Legato Del Fantasma debuted. More Sami Zayn and Jey Uso. A lot to talk about tonight, man. And I'm glad you guys are here with me. I will give you my opinion on everything, but I want to thank you guys so very much, man. We got 2,900 people inside the OTS venue. I want to shout out. I want to shout out Nick Williams. I want to shout out Nick Williams with the 100. And Matt, the PW fan, with a $200 super chat. Thank you guys very much, man. You guys certainly know how to make me feel special, bro. Appreciate you. Listen, guys, uh, this is the next to last live stream that I will be doing until next Friday Night SmackDown. I am taking a long extended break for myself. If there's anything breaking, I'll, I'll manage to do something for you guys. I'll get something up. Hopefully nobody dies while I'm over there. But I'm going away tomorrow night, man. I'm flying out. 9.30 p.m. is my flight. I'm going to Dublin. I'll be vacationing in Ireland. First time ever for myself overseas. 
We'll be drinking Guinness at the Guinness Brewery. I may vlog from there. I have no idea. I don't know what I'm doing yet. I got my new iPhone 14 Pro Max. I got uh, a $200 fucking uh, handheld phone gimbal. I got a wireless microphone set, man. We may do some things over there. We don't know yet. I got to get there first. Let me get a fucking cold beverage in my hand. But I will not be here for Raw. I will not be here for N uh, for NXT. Nobody's nobody's watching NXT, man. Hey, give me a break. I'm not covering NXT. Why would anybody cover NXT, man? They're on Tuesday night with Dynamite. Uh, I'm not going to be covering Dynamite. I will be watching the shows, and I'll probably throw out a tweet or four about what uh, I see on these shows, but I will not be watching them live, and I will not be here live on the YouTube channel. So I just want to make sure you guys are aware of that. Uh, I don't get back until Friday morning in New York, and we will uh, be live, obviously, I may do something in the afternoon as soon as I get back. Something uh, as far as an extra goes. But I'll definitely be live for SmackDown Friday night. So that's when you see me, man. I want everybody in the venue to just gather. I want a big celebration, big return celebration. It's going to be great, man. Don't miss me too much. I'm scared. I I'm actually scared, man, about taking uh, th this many days away, to be honest with you. It's like a content creator's worst nightmare. So we'll see what happens, man. We'll take it day by day, but I want to thank you guys very much. We will be live tomorrow afternoon, man, 2 p.m. 2 p.m. we'll be live, and uh, we'll go over the uh, news. Round out the news for the week, and I'll give you everything you need to know before I get out of here. So make sure you guys join me 2 p.m. tomorrow afternoon Eastern right here on OTS. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Links are down below in the description. Hit that thumbs up, guys. I need 1,000 likes minimum on today's OTS SmackDown coverage, man. 1,000 likes is the goal. Super Chats are open. Get them on in. Memberships are always open. I'm always accepting applications for the VIP club, man. You guys get to sit VIP with me with those new emotes and those new badges. Make sure you guys hit that join button. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. And please make sure you guys check out my sponsor for tonight's show, man. And that is Manscaped. Manscaped.com. You guys are going to use that code SCRIPT20 at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped.com. I want to thank them for being such a great friend of Off the Script. Let's get into SmackDown, man. We're going to start at the top here. We are going to start with the Bloodline. Backstage, Sami Zayn told Solo Sokoa how much he actually appreciates him when Jay all of a sudden walks in. So he's trying to be buddy-buddy with Solo Sokoa, and Jay Uso obviously has problems and drama with Sami Zayn. Sami asked where Jimmy was. Jay says he's dealing with family business. Sami says if that was true, he would have heard about it. Sammy told Jay to come to the ring with him so Solo can prepare for his match later. Roman Reigns all of a sudden calls Sammy Zayn on his cell phone and told Sammy that Jay should have helped him on Monday Night Raw. Sammy gave Jay the phone as Roman wanted to talk to Jay Uso, and Roman scolded Jay, telling Jay that he should have helped. Jay was upset because Sammy says, I got it. And Jay says, well, Sammy said to me that he's got it. Roman didn't want to hear it. Roman, I told you this was going to be a thing. I, I told you this was going to be the X factor here moving forward. 
Roman Reigns on Monday Night Raw told Jay Uso, by any means necessary, the honorary Uso, Sami Zayn, needs to win tonight. Make sure he wins on Monday Night Raw. He did not. He did not. Matt Riddle beats Sami Zayn. So now Jay Uso's feeling it. He's feeling the heat from Roman Reigns. He did not abide by Roman Reigns' orders. Sammy took the phone. He started laughing with Roman back and forth. Jay asked what the laughing was about. Sammy said, don't worry, Oos. It's an inside joke. You wouldn't get it. So Sammy Zayn, just by his actions, is basically pushing Jay Uso out of the bloodline. He's befriending Roman. He's making Roman laugh. He's already gained the trust of Jimmy and Jay's brother, Solo Sokoa. Jimmy loves Sami Zayn. Jay Uso is basically the redheaded stepchild in this bloodline storyline. He's excommunicated. He's feeling unwanted. Everybody loves Sami. Everybody loves Sami. What is going to be the one thing that drives Sami out of the bloodline and everybody realized that Jay was right all along. Jay's been right all along. Sammy doesn't belong in the bloodline. What is going to be that one thing that drives Sammy out of the bloodline and wakes everybody up? For all these months, Jay has been right, and Sammy has been the real problem. It's unpredictable at this point. We don't know when or where it's going to happen, but it's coming. Does it happen in war games? Survivor Series in general? Do we wait till the Royal Rumble? I don't know. Only time will tell, but this still is the most entertaining thing on all of pro wrestling TV. And Jay Uso, man, you know, I say it every week. Sammy is fucking God tier right now. He is, this is going to make him into the biggest baby face in the industry. If Kevin Owens is tagging along with that, I certainly hope so, man. I think a tag team title match with Owens and Zayn against the Usos at WrestleMania is going to be fucking phenomenal. But outside of Sami Zayn, Jay Uso, I don't really think people are looking at this storyline and giving Jay Uso the props that he deserves. Now, everybody knows Jay Uso's great. Everybody knows the Usos are great. But Jay Uso has definitely been up there as far as one of the MVPs on Friday night with his acting and the way he sells this thing and his demeanor that comes across as legit every single time, it's unbelievable. It really is. He's done such a phenomenal job at everything that he's been told to do to make this believable, to show the anger and frustration to Sami Zayn the way that he has. Everything has been great. I love everything about this storyline, and I can't wait to see how everything unfolds. So we get Kofi Kingston and Sami Zayn opening SmackDown, and they are indeed building to an Usos versus New Day tag team title match. They are building this tag team title match, though I don't really care to see it again. But at the end of the day, guys, even though we've seen it more times than we can count on our two hands, I will say that every time the Usos and the New Day are in there, it is a banger after banger after banger after banger. So I don't think anybody has anything to worry about as far as the Usos in the New Day. But what they're doing is they know that the Usos right now don't have any competition in the tag team division. They do, but at the same time, they don't because everybody is basically busy with somebody else, right? There's no legit tag teams that could really 
stand in there with the bloodline and really be competition for the bloodline because we all know that anybody that steps in there with the bloodline is going to lose to the bloodline. So what they've done is take somebody that is capable of losing, like Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston, putting them in, putting them in there with the bloodline, putting them in there with J- Jimmy and Jay Uso, and if they lose, they're not going to really take a hit to who they are. Everybody's still going to love the New Day. Everybody's still going to dance with the New Day and chant and sing along with the New Day. But what they've done here is that 30 days from now, now 29 days from now, the Usos will break the all-time length and reign of the New Day for the Tag Team Championships in WWE. And they're building this around 29 days. And they're building this as, well, the New Day doesn't want that record record to be broken, so they're going to do everything that they can to get in contention for a tag team title and have one last chance to end that tag team title reign of the Usos so that our record will not be broken. How fucking great is that? The simplest of things that Triple H has really given you on SmackDown seem to be working. The simplest of things on Friday night that Triple H continues to give us seem to be what the show has been missing. Common logic, common sense. I don't want to see another fucking New Day Usos match, but if you're going to sell me on the feud happening again and the New Day doesn't want the Usos to have their reign uh, snapped, or, or the New Day, rather, doesn't want their reign to be snapped by the Usos, that's all the fucking story I need to build a tag team title match because if you're looking at it, wouldn't you want to do the same thing? If you are capable of doing it and we're able to do it, knowing that Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston have an opportunity to do it, why wouldn't you take it? Why wouldn't you take that opportunity to go and wrestle the Usos and try and salvage your title reign and record in the record books? I think it's great. Fucking brilliant. For a match that we've seen, how many fucking times? I don't think anybody's going to end up complaining about it because A, the story's there, and B, every match that they have is a fucking bang. Love it. Absolutely love it. And this will probably take us into Crown Jewel. So I think that's great. The match itself with Kofi was very good. The match itself between Zayn and Kofi was very good. And Zayn... He was in control. He took it to Kingston with a forearm, slowed the pace down, wanted to really ground Kofi Kingston. Kofi escaped the chin lock. Sami Zayn took him out with a clothesline, scoop slam. Zayn leapt off the top rope. Kingston recovered, caught Zayn, drop kick, midair. Kingston ran wild, climbed to the top rope. Sami Zayn jumped to his feet, shoved Kingston to the floor. Kingston then hit the SOS for a near fall. Kingston climbed to the top turnbuckle. Zayn rolled to the outside. Kingston kind of readjusted himself, hit a dive out to the floor, taking out Sami Zayn. So we're at ringside now. Jay Uso and Xavier Woods are arguing on the outside. Jay took out Xavier with a devastating super kick, which distracted Kofi. So Kofi leans through the ropes. He starts yelling at Jay Uso. Zayn comes up from behind, tries to take advantage of this distraction, hits a blue thunder bomb out of nowhere. He should have got the victory off of that, but he did not. He never does. One of these days, he will. One of these days, he will get the blue thunderbomb. Kingston recovered, but Uso interfered again. Kingston rolled up. Zayn had the match won. 
but the referee did not see what happened next. Uso slipped in to the ring and gave Sami Zayn the momentum he needed. He shoved Sami Zayn into a reversal of the pinfall, and he beat Kofi Kingston. He indeed followed Roman's orders, and Jay Uso helps Sami Zayn beat Kofi Kingston on SmackDown tonight. Very good match. Very good ending. Plays into the continuation of the drama and the frustration building between Sami Zayn and Jay Uso. This was awesome. Absolutely awesome. Loving everything about the Bloodline storyline. We shift to backstage. We see Triple H. Triple H is there. And he thanked two police officers. Why is Triple H talking to two police officers? Well, SmackDown opened up pretty hot. SmackDown opened up pretty hot tonight. They opened up with a car crash. They opened up with a car crash outside. Triple H loves his parking lot fucking drama. He loves it. As the NXT parking lot is probably the most dangerous place in North America. Car crash scene outside of the arena tonight with one of the cars on fire. So we see Michael Cole on air. He is talking about what had happened here. Karrion Cross apparently got injured. Injured, quote-unquote. He's not really hurt. Storyline injured. And he is walking away from one of the crashed vehicles. Nobody knows who the other person was. Nobody knows really what had happened here. All of a sudden, we see Drew McIntyre show up at the scene of the crime jump on Cross's back, start attacking Cross right there as the car is on fire, smoking, and everybody's causing a scene outside in the parking lot. So he tries to slam Cross in between the car and the car door. Adam Pierce is there. Officials are there trying to separate everybody. Scarlett is there trying to pull Cross out of the way, checking on Cross. So we got SmackDown opening up in a very tumultuous way. You got to really love how a show opens like that. I mean, you're really in for a good show when you see something like that out of the norm happening on Friday night. So Triple H is talking to these two police officers because I guess they were assessing the scene of the situation. All of a sudden, they go away and Rey Mysterio stops Triple H in front of his office. He walks up to Triple H and apologizes for taking up his his time. He knows he's got a busy night. He says he can't do it anymore. He says he loves WWE, but it's too painful to be around his son right now. He struggled to really speak. He was getting choked up. I don't know how to tell you this. This is very difficult for me to say. I quit. Rey Mysterio tells Triple H he quits. WWE. So Judgment Day and the lore of Judgment Day, the power of the Judgment Day growing. They made Edge say, I quit at Extreme Rules. And little do they know, they made Rey Mysterio say, I quit. They made two WWE legends say, I quit in the same fucking week. How about that? It's great. Triple H was taken aback by this. He's like, whoa, 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 you quit. What are you talking about? You quit. I know everything is, you know, difficult for you. I know what you're going through. I I can't imagine how you're feeling. Give me five minutes. Let me talk to you. 
He brings Rey Mysterio into his office. They close the door. And we don't see or hear from either Triple H or Rey Mysterio until the end of the show. So Triple H doesn't want Rey to quit. Rey wants to quit. Triple H is going to convince him not to. How is he going to do that? We'll find out at the end of the show. Shotzi Blackheart. She was with Roxanne Perez backstage. Roxanne Perez is from NXT. Probably one of the very, very, very few bright spots on NXT Tuesday night. Raquel Rodriguez. (laughs) Raquel Rodriguez Gonzalez. Smiley Raquel is in the locker room with Shotzi and Roxanne. Roxanne apparently is on SmackDown because they have a pick your poison stipulation on Tuesday night to sell Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez's match at NXT Halloween Havoc. So Roxanne Perez is on SmackDown to choose Cora Jade's opponent. Cora Jade is going to be on Monday Night Raw choosing Roxanne Perez's opponent. I'm assuming she'll wrestle like Roxanne Perez wrestled tonight on SmackDown on Raw. So Roxanne Perez chooses Raquel Rodriguez as Cora Jade's opponent. Why is this significant? Why does this make sense? I actually like this because Raquel Rodriguez knows Cora Jade. Raquel Rodriguez had teamed with Cora Jade. And Raquel Rodriguez is somebody that Cora Jade looked up to. So if anybody knows Cora Jade, it is Raquel Rodriguez. So in their time in NXT, they did have a little bit of a back and forth, and they know each other. So that is the match for Tuesday night. It is Cora Jade versus Raquel. (laughs) Rodriguez Gonzalez against Cora Jade on Tuesday night's NXT. Now, who Cora Jade chooses on Monday to wrestle Roxanne Perez on Tuesday, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's Bailey. Maybe it's Bailey. Bailey really did want a piece of Roxanne Perez tonight. Roxanne Perez said she was going to choose Bailey. Well, she did. She went with Raquel Rodriguez. Bailey took offense to this. So, Bailey, Dakota Kai, and EO walked in. Bailey said she should have chosen, or Roxanne said she would have, but she's not exactly on a uh, <laughs> winning streak. I'm glad that uh, Roxanne knows the truth behind the matter. Judgment, uh, not Judgment Day. Uh, no, they're actually winning. Damage control is not winning any matches. Bailey then got so upset that she challenged Raquel, Shotzi, and Roxanne Perez to a six-woman tag team match against her and the rest of Damage Control. Good. I don't mind it. I said this on Twitter earlier because, uh, you know, people are very quick to correct me. I said, Roxanne Perez is going to be on SmackDown making her in-ring debut. No, 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 no. She's not making her in-ring debut. She's only choosing her opponent. I'm glad I was actually right on that because if you're bringing Roxanne Perez to SmackDown and not using her in the ring, like, what are we doing? I'm glad that they brought her and decided to use her because she's very good. She's very good at what she does, and we'll talk about how good she was tonight because she stood out more than anybody in that six-woman tag team match. Braun Strowman. He goes one-on-two against two jabrones, James Maverick and Brian Thomas. Now, I will say this. I'm going to give you a positive, and I'm going to give you a negative, okay? 
Braun Strowman's presentation in WWE and the way that they've booked Braun Strowman has been a, a thumbs-up seal of approval from me, okay? He hasn't overstayed his welcome. He isn't a huge focus of the show. They aren't, any, they aren't doing anything cringe or cheesy with him, which is good. You know, I, I don't really care for Braun. I think he's uh, a nasty guy, but... And he looks down on the fans, even though he plays Mr. Nice Guy on TV. But Braun and the presentation that Braun has been given on SmackDown has been very good, okay? Now, the one negative I will say is WWE seems to go to their, uh, I guess they're tried and true. They, they go to the well once too often with these big men, right? We're seeing it on Monday, and we're seeing it on Friday. We, we see almost on Monday, every single week he's on, he's in a match against two jabrons, two jobbers, beating them in about 90 seconds. Braun Strowman now is doing the jobber matches on Friday night after he just got done wrestling Otis in a very fun match, wrestling Alpha Academy back and forth, right? Chad Gable and Otis. Now he's back to wrestling two jabrons every week. I have a feeling that we're going to get a fucking competition about who can beat who. You know, on Monday, it'll probably be three jabrones against Omos. And then Friday night, it'll be four against Braun Strowman. They're going to outdo the who can beat as many jabrones as the other guy until we get the inevitable fucking match that I'm going to end up uh, super gluing my eyes closed so I don't have to fucking watch the disaster, the, the disaster that I know it's going to be. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be a fucking disaster. Omos and Braun Strowman. So, Braun Strowman, he beats these two guys. I mean, two minutes. He didn't, even, he didn't even break a sweat with these guys. James Maverick and Brian Thomas, goodbye. The big thing that happened during this match would be almost, he walks down the aisle, and he's in a, he's in a suit. He's looking all fancy, walking there, down the aisle away with security, right down to ringside with MVP. After the match, MVP is standing next to the mighty... (laughs) Omos is on Friday Night SmackDown. He told him not to get too comfortable. Braun Strowman was on the second row. Said, almost is nothing compared to him. You may be the monster of all monsters. Are we forgetting about the mighty almost? Says MVP. He took offense to MVP saying almost is bigger than him. And this is leading to a match between Braun Strowman and the mighty Nigerian giant. Almost. Now, I'm sorry. I want to I publicly apologize to everybody watching me, all my OTS VIPs and all the fans of the show, man. I want to publicly apologize to each and every one of you because I feel like I'm to blame here. I feel like I'm at fault here, man. Blame me, okay? Like Triple H, or not Triple H, he's doing a fantastic job. Shawn Michaels, you know, Shawn Michaels says, well, if NXT sucks, just blame me. No, no, bro, I'm not blaming you, man. It's like, we know it's Bruce. We know it's Bruce booking NXT, man. It's all right. It's all right. Uh, just like Shawn Michaels says, if NXT sucks, blame him. Guys, I-, I need you to blame me. 
The fact that we've willed this into existence, I want to publicly apologize because uh, I felt like this was inevitable. I felt like WWE was going to do this with Braun and Omos being in the same universe, right? And all I can hope for, now that we have solid confirmation that we're getting this match at Crown Jewel, I'm assuming, right? Because they need a big monster match over there and they need to, uh, you know, fill their quota of, of cringe over in Saudi Arabia. And this match obviously is going to be a fucking shit show. So why not do it in Saudi Arabia? We're going to get this match. And, and if I could be blunt with you guys, I hope that Braun Strowman puts Omos out of his misery. I hope Braun Strowman packs Omos's bags and Omos can go fucking be a security guard or a bouncer at a fucking nightclub somewhere and really put his talents to good use because the guy is absolutely fucking dreadful in between the ropes, okay? Somewhere Vince McMahon is on his rocking chair in Stamford, Connecticut at his penthouse watching SmackDown, you know, saying, ah, that's my son-in-law, two beefy big men going at it at Crown Jewel, yeah. Somewhere, Vince is having a fucking orgasm over this match. So basically, this is a homage from Triple H, from Paul Levesque, to his father-in-law. This is going to happen at Crown Jewel, and I hope to God that this is the one and only time that we see it. Because there's nobody on this planet that is going to want to see this for a second time. Nobody. We may have match of the year. Coming up at Crown Jewel, folks. Really that? This is going to be match of the year, man. Fuck a Gunther and Sheamus, man. We're going to get Omos and Braun Strowman at Crown Jewel, man. I'm, I'm expecting Meltzer for a 5.5 stars at Crown Jewel, man. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for it. 5.5. Was that how many people Impact had on, uh, uh, on uh, Thursday night? Wow! They had 17 people, man. Wow! Impact. Nobody watches Impact, man. Give me your fucking break. You guys see that promo by Bobby Fish? That's been floating around on, on Twitter, man. This promo by Bobby Fish, right? He's talking to Bully Ray. I believe Bully Ray was in the ring. I don't know who else was there. He's literally cutting a promo, and, and you could fucking hear a pin drop, man. It was, it was as silent as you would ever imagine the impact zone being. You, th you think I do this as a fucking joke, man? It, it legitimately sounded there was, it legitimately sounded like there was nobody in attendance. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, man. Wow. Wow. It's 17 people, man. That's fucking you guys. You guys got that fucking increase coming. Next week it'll be 20. Next week it'll be 20. We'll see what happens, man. I'll check it with you. I'll check it with you. Impact. Nobody watches Impact, man. Give me a break. Uh, anyway, moving on. Sami Zayn shifting gears to the honorary oos. Sammy told Solo. Get the job done. Get the job done for the bloodline. Jay basically is there, standing next to Sami Zayn. And Sami's like, get the job done like I did tonight against Kofi Kingston. And Jay Uso's like, uh, you're welcome, Oos. You're welcome, Sammy. Sammy asked, for what? What are we going to thank you for? Jay helped him win like Roman asked him to do. Sammy says he did it all on his own. He doesn't even realize Jay Uso helped him. He doesn't even realize Jay Uso helped him win. This is going to further the frustration with Sami Zayn and Jay Uso because now 
I, I want you guys to be aware of this. Jay did not help on Monday night. Okay? Jay did not help. He purposely did not help Sammy, and Sammy lost. Sammy Zayn won tonight. Sammy doesn't know Jay helped him. Sammy right now is in the good graces of Roman Reigns, and Jay Uso is not. Jay Uso has been a troublemaker. Jay Uso has not been the Jay Uso that Roman needs him to be. He's basically on. He's in the doghouse. If Sami Zayn goes to Roman and tells Roman that he won the match himself, he did not listen to you. I did it all by myself. He did not help me win. He put me in jeopardy of losing. I had to get the job done. Who's Roman going to believe? Is Roman going to believe Jay Uso? No, he's not. Roman's going to believe Sami Zayn. That's where the friction comes into play. Now, all Roman realistically has to do is watch the fucking show, and he would have seen Jay help Sammy. But we will see this continue, the frustration between Sammy and Jay Uso. Sammy thinks he won it on his own. Jay obviously helped him. Sammy doesn't know that. Sammy's going to push that narrative to Roman. Roman's going to get even more mad at Jay Uso. It's coming. I love this. The simplest things, man, stringing us along for this storyline. It's great. So he gave Solo a pep talk. Solo says that he's going to win the Intercontinental Championship and bring some gold of his own into the bloodline. Sammy says, yes, you can learn from me because I am a three-time former Intercontinental Champion. Really fun stuff. We shift gears to Mansoir and Marseille of the Maximum Male Models. L.A. Knight is back in WWE. It's music to my ears. Love it. L.A. Knight's back. He took quick work of Mansoor or Mansois. He's out there with Massey and Maxine Dupree of the Maximum Male Models. He came out to his old NXT theme song. He was in control early, clotheslining Mansois over the top rope. Wade Barrett loves L.A. Knight. He loves Eli Drake, man, because Wade Barrett was actually doing commentary for NWA. Uh, Eli Drake was over in NWA, so obviously they've taken a liking to each other. Wade knows how good Eli is. Now Wade's in WWE. Now Eli is in WWE as LA Knight. So obviously the respect is there. They know how good he is. Wade knows how good he is. I think everybody's going to see how good he is. So I'm loving that he's back. He came out with his NXT theme. He came out with his NXT attitude. And basically what we wanted on TV is what we got with LA Knight. So, clotheslined him down, clotheslined him over the top rope. So he goes after Mansois. Maxine steps in front of him. He's like, what are you going to do, little brother? So Mansois is standing there, and he hits Knight from behind, landed a neckbreaker in the ring, did Knight for a two-count on a comeback, and Knight, Caught Mansoor with a boots, flipped him over, hit a clothesline. Massey tried to distract from the ring apron. Knight knocked him down, and he hit his finish, which he calls the BFT for the one, two, three. And that was it. LA Knight, after the match was over, had a microphone, told the fans that he didn't just do it for them. He insulted the fans of New Orleans, basically basically running them down and says he doesn't want these low lives in New Orleans or anywhere for that matter, chanting his name. He doesn't want people chanting LA Knight. He says he is putting the entire WWE superstar roster on notice. He says it's his game 
from now on. Now, L.A. Knight is so talented that he could be a babyface or a heel. He could do either one perfectly. But as far as what this show needs and as far as presentation and where we're going to get the best L.A. Knight right now, L.A. Knight as a pompous prick like heel on Friday night is probably the best place to do it uh, with him. That's the best way to go with L.A. Knight. He works better. Listen, I think everybody works better as a heel. It's just easier. Right, but he could do both. He does great uh, as a babyface as well, but he's much better as a heel. And I think doing this as a heel right now is going to move him along quicker, and it's going to put him in a prime spot to be in shit that's not maximum male models and a storyline here. Get rid of this shit. Get rid. I hope he fucking burns the whole group. I hope he kills the whole group. But L.A. Knight back on SmackDown as a heel is the best uh, move to make for L.A. Knight. I think this is great. I'm glad to see him back. Everything that we wanted, Triple H has given us, slowly but surely. And the funny thing is, there is still so much more to come. It's unbelievable. Damage control. We got Bailey, EO, and Dakota versus Roxanne Perez, Raquel Rodriguez, and Shotzi Blackheart. SmackDown's women's division has been a little rough, man. I I think anybody with a brain and eyes can see that. But this was actually not bad. And this was not bad primarily because of Roxanne Perez. And I honestly think she stood out more than Raquel. She stood out more than Shotzi. She, she stood out more than all of Damage Control. Now, I wasn't a big fan of Roxanne Perez in the beginning stages when she first made a splash on NXT. I honestly think it had a lot to do with the IWC jumping all over her already, like fucking gangbusters. Oh my God, she's great. Oh my God, she's the future. Make her women's champion. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. She's on this show for two weeks. Can you let me fucking make a determination on that, please? Why are we giving people championships and fucking number one spots on the roster? We don't even know what the fuck they're going to do on the show yet. We don't know how their personality is going to shine on the show. We don't even know if she's that good. She's good, but she's young. So she has a lot still to learn. She shined bigger than anybody in this match, which is a great thing, but it's also not a great thing for the SmackDown Women's Division. And it really kind of opens the eyes to a lot of people that the SmackDown Women's Division, you know, if Roxanne Perez is in this match and she's shining as much as she did tonight, SmackDown doesn't have a really good women's division. They don't. If Roxanne Perez is coming in here and outclassing everybody on night one, So, after uh, a couple of back and forths with Dakota Kai, Perez dominated EO, sent her out of the ring, followed with a suicide dive on Bailey. She was all over the place. Shotzi tagged in. She's been coming out with her tank, and that's supposed to get her over, but, you know, Shotzi's a very one-dimensional female, man. She's got the entrance, and her theme music is fucking awful. Her theme music is awful, man. For some reason, I don't know what it is. It's so cringe to me. It really is. It actually dumbs down the entrance. I don't even want to see it because the theme music is so bad. But she's supposed to be getting over as a babyface. I don't know if it's actually working, but WWE is trying. They're trying with Shotzi. Shotzi tagged in. Heels took over pretty quickly after she got the hot tag. They isolated her on their side of the ring. Rodriguez got a tag in. She clears house, went, ran wild on the heels. 
She tried to press slam Perez onto Sky and Dakota at ringside, but Bailey cut her off. Sky and Dakota pulled Rodriguez out of the ring. Rodriguez held up Kai, but Io took them out with a moonsault. Shotzi then hits a nice-looking flying crossbody to the outside. Perez and Bailey are in the ring, back and forth on their own for a last uh, couple of minutes here in this match. Perez reversed the Bailey to Belly for a near fall of her own. Bailey struggled to put Perez away. Perez reversed a rose plant. Bailey reversed Perez again for a pinning combination, and that was enough to get the victory over Roxanne Perez. Damage control finally gets a victory here. Uh, solid victory for them. Bailey gets the job done, and this was a pretty decent match. Roxanne looked great. Roxanne is young. She is obviously showing you that she's got a lot of upside. The future is bright for her. And I do think on Monday, I do think that we get Cora Jade choosing Bailey because Bailey beats Roxanne tonight. And Cora's going to look at that and say, hey, all right, you beat Roxanne once. You're Bailey. You're one of the best of all time. Let's do it. There's nobody else on that roster that I want to see. Now, obviously, if she was smart, she'd choose Rhea Ripley. But I think. Per storyline purposes, I think she's going to end up choosing Bailey, and we get Bailey on NXT. And I do think that Bailey on Tuesday night inside the Performance Center at NXT is going to be something that the fans, I think, are going to pop for. So I think that's going to work out there. We got Raquel and Cora on Tuesday, and then I think it's going to be Bailey on Monday being chosen by Cora to wrestle uh, Roxanne on Tuesday. So it's going to be Cora and Raquel and Roxanne and Bailey on Tuesday night. Legato. Legato del Fantasma. They had a tag team match with Top Dalla and Ashante Adonis. Top Dalla made a rap on Twitter about Legato. He rapped what he needed to say to Legato. I think this is good stuff. I listened to it all. The guy's obviously talented, um, but... It's a lot different now doing this than when he was first in WWE. I just have a sense that Vince looked at it on social media and Bruce looked at it and the old administration looked at it and they feel like, you know, everything's got to go through them. This is a new era. This is a new administration. You know, whereas AJ Francis went about doing that himself because he thought it was innocent. You know, they, they, they weren't really planning a feud with Jinder Mahal and... And AJ Francis. This is something last time that kind of led to his termination, I believe. So now, now he knows his lesson. Now he's learned his lesson. Now he goes through Triple H. Hey, could I cut a uh, a rap on Legato? And they even mentioned it on SmackDown tonight. Michael Cole mentioned that he watched the rap, AJ Francis's rap on Legato, and even said it was good. So this is a different era, clearly. Compared to the last time AJ Francis wanted to do something like this to Jinder Mahal, if you guys remember that. So this was pretty quick, man. This did not last long at all. And I'm here for Legato. This went not even 90 seconds. This did not even go 90 seconds. Santos Escobar and Zelina walked down the aisle with Joaquin Wilde and Cruz del Toro of Legato del Fantasma. They were not at ringside. They walked to the back. Ashante Donis and Top Dollar jumped wild and Do uh, Del Toro in the aisleway. They beat them down before the match actually started. So it did go longer than 90 seconds, but uh, I, I mean bell to bell. Finally, the referee started the match. 
Hit Row was dominating Legato. Uh, suddenly, all of a sudden, Santos Escobar, Santos Escobar comes out from underneath the ring and attacked Adonis on the apron, and he rolls back underneath the ring. Zelina then ran out and took out B-Fab by jumping off the steel steps and clotheslining her down to the concrete. Wild and Del Toro hit their finishing move for the one, two, three, and they pinned AJ Francis, the guy who rapped on them tonight, pinned AJ Francis, and Hit Row takes what I believe is their first loss on the main roster since being back. Now, they did mention their feud on NXT, and Wade Barrett was a part of that between Legato and Hit Row. We kind of sold it on commentary tonight, which is a good thing to see and hear. But I'm telling you, man, uh, it's going to take, uh, take something to get Hit Row over, man. I, I, I don't want to sit here and be negative because I do think that there is potential uh, for a feud here with these two. You know, Legato, nobody knows who they are. Nobody knows who they are. They, they have to get their feet wet. So if you guys were watching the show, you heard the lukewarm reaction to not only Legato, but Hit Row and this feud between Hit Row and Legato. It's not there yet. It's basically just starting. This is week one, okay? When you get to know who Santos Escobar is and you see his energy and you see how he works in the ring and you see Zelina in there cutting her promos, she's very good on the microphone, and you get to see how they are selling themselves as a group, you will understand them a little bit better and you will fall in love with the act. Believe me. Hit Row, on the other hand, I don't know what it's going to take for Hit Row, man, I feel like, and, and I, listen, I, I could sit here and tell you this all day long, and I know I'm not the only one that said this. They need something. They are missing something. They are anything but a hit on Friday night right now. It's good to have them back because it, it adds depth to the tag team division. But they really aren't doing anything right now. They're going back and resting on their laurels and what they did in the first go-around, in their first stint. But with their first stint, they had Swerve. Now they don't have Swerve. So it's going to be very difficult to sell this group without a bigger voice to lead them because right now they are nothing more than backing voices. They need somebody. They're leading the show, and they aren't looked at as, you know, leading the show. They need a voice. They need something that's going to get them to the next level. I don't know what that is. I guess now we know why Triple H wanted Swerve to come back to the WWE. I don't know what it's going to be, what it's going to take. Hopefully, the intensity of this feud is more than enough to take it to the next level. Because right now, I have no problem with Legato getting over. But Hit Row's been here for what? Two months now? Lukewarm every time they've come out. I don't know what it's going to be. Fatal 4-Way. We got Sheamus, Ricochet, Solo Sokoa, and what was going to be Karrion Cross. Karrion Cross was in this match originally at the top of the show until the car accident outside in the parking lot. So who is going to fill in for Karrion Cross? Rey Mysterio was in Triple H's office. He told Triple H he wanted to quit. Triple H said, no, you're not quitting. Let me give this some time. Let me think it over. Give me five minutes to come up with the solution here. The solution was he's signing Rey Mysterio to Friday Night SmackDown. He moved Rey Mysterio over through executive action 
from Monday Night Raw, where he was employed, to Friday Night SmackDown, based on what Rey Mysterio has stated. He doesn't want to deal with Judgment Day anymore. There's nothing more that he can do. It's breaking his heart. It is making him lose his passion for why he's here. I've said this for years. I've said this for years. If you are going to do a brand split, and you are going to move people from Raw to SmackDown and SmackDown to Raw, it's going to be a little bit more of, it's going to take a little bit more of, hey, they just showed up over there and they're staying over there. Not once did Vince or Bruce ever throw it out there uh, via storyline or have the commentary team say there was a trade or something had happened where this one didn't want to be here and we signed him to SmackDown, uh, NXT, uh, was uh, or, or, or Raw or SmackDown was given an NXT draft pick in the next draft or something along those lines. Nothing. Absolute cash considerations. No, nothing. We never got an explanation for any of the movement between Raw, SmackDown, SmackDown to Raw. All of a sudden, we get commentary saying that Triple H has negotiated a deal with Monday Night Raw to have Rey Mysterio be a part of the SmackDown brand. It was legitimately thrown out there, word for word, on Friday Night SmackDown instead of Ray just coming over because of no reason. He's on Friday. He's in this match for no reason, wins this match for no reason. I love it. This is simple. Simple, 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 simple. Okay? It's what I've asked for for years. So Rey Mysterio is the fourth guy. He takes Karrion Cross's spot. This was great. It went 16 minutes. I thought these guys killed it. I mean, I don't know how you can have a bad match with the, with the talent that's in this match. So we get Solo and Ricochet fighting out of the ring. They got their own, their own deal going on. Ricochet's been kind of in it with the bloodline a little bit. Mysterio sent Sheamus to ringside, hit a big dive Onto everybody on the outside. Sheamus caught Mysterio with a backbreaker. He went for the bro kick, but Solo took Ricochet out with a clothesline instead. Sheamus and Sokoa then squared off. This led to a big pop from the fans. Uh, Sheamus sent Sokoa out to the floor. Sokoa caught him with a Samoan drop. Ricochet took Sokoa out with a suicide dive, and Mysterio hit a big splash on Sheamus. Rey Mysterio and Ricochet mix it up one-on-one. They went back and forth trading pinfall attempts. Ricochet caught Mysterio in a Northern Lights suplex into a suplex for a near fall. He climbed the top rope, but Solo jumped back in. He went wild on everybody. He destroyed Ricochet with a clothesline, took it to Sheamus with a spinning heel kick. Sokoa, looking like he was in complete control here, beating everybody down. Sheamus gets up. He recovered big boots to Solo's face. Sheamus climbed the top rope. Ricochet and Mysterio cut him off. They attempted a double suplex, but Sokoa cut them off and took Ray and Ricochet off the top rope with a double powerbomb. Sheamus is still on the top rope. Solo went for a pin. He jumped off the top rope and broke up the pinfall attempt by Solo Sokoa. Sheamus took out Sokoa with 26 shots to the chest. Irish curse backbreaker. Sheamus then locks on a cloverleaf. On Solo Sokoa. All of a sudden, Jay Uso and Sami Zayn ran out. They attacked Sheamus. No DQ. So they were helping Solo potentially get the number one contendership here for the IC title. All of a sudden, 
Butch and Ridge Holland come out and save Sheamus from the Sami Zayn and Jey Uso attack. So we got the brawling brutes out there. Sheamus and Sokoa joined in on the brawl. The bloodline is brawling with the brutes. They fought to the back. In the ring, Mysterio sets up for a 619. Ricochet blocked a 619. Mysterio recovered, spiked Ricochet with a poison Rana right on his head. He then goes for the 619, hits it, climbs the top rope, frog splash on Ricochet, one, two, three, and Rey Mysterio is the new number one contender for the Intercontinental Championship. He's happy to be on SmackDown. And he's going for the IC title, and he's excited to be going for the IC title. I said this two weeks ago when Legato Del Fantasma debuted on the show. I said this, or the season premiere. When was the season premiere? Last week? Last week when Legato debuted on the season premiere of SmackDown. Santos Escobar is now on the main roster. I said, if Santos Escobar and Rey Mysterio do not have a match or a feud before that man retires, that is a program that is just a shoe-in. You're clearly doing something wrong if that is not being booked. You want Legato to get over. You want the, the meaning of Legato to really hit home with the casual audience. You're going to put Legato in a feud with Rey Mysterio. Now, if anybody watching... Legato from the early days of NXT in the empty performance center when, you know, Santos was still wrestling with the fucking mask on. He took the mask off. He's basically the king of the luchadors. He thinks of himself as the king of the luchadors. They want to mold the image of the luchador in his image. That was basically what they were about. They need to get back to that. Whenever they get done with Hit Row, they need to get back to that. Rey Mysterio... And Santos Escobar is a built-in, money-made-ready feud. So I'm already excited about Rey Mysterio moving over to Friday Night SmackDown. I'm already fucking excited. How you don't do that match is fucking beyond me. If it's for a title, even better. But Santos and Legato feuding with Rey Mysterio, that will take them to the next level. And I love that Rey won this match. Ricochet, listen, man, I could watch Ricochet and Gunther all day long. But we've already seen that twice. Vince, they, they, they buried Ricochet beyond fucking recognition in two matches with Gunther. I, 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 listen, I could see it, and listen, it's a takeover-worthy match. If Triple H is in charge, I could see them burning the fucking building down, man. 20 minutes for an IC title between those two? Take my money. But it's going to be a little bit before we get Ricochet back to that and vying for the IC title, Right? Carrying Cross didn't even make sense in this thing. I know why they put him in there, but I'm glad that they took him out. Solo, Sokoa, and Gunther, you don't want to beat Solo. He's got to look strong in the bloodline, so that obviously doesn't make sense. You can't go back to Sheamus, right? Sheamus has got to, uh, he lost because of a fuck finish, right? Everybody looked at that match on SmackDown as a fuck finish. Whether it's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu tap out or whatever the MMA tap out, whatever the fuck they were calling it, right? He didn't tap out. To the casual fan, he tapped out, but a lot of people are looking at that as Sheamus getting robbed, and he's not getting an automatic rematch, and it's pretty much done and over with. So now he's got to go back to square one. He's got to get to the back of the line. He's got to fight his way back to getting an IC title match. Great. Great. I love this. Rey Mysterio is the perfect guy for Gunther to wrestle. Just look at the fucking potential matchup that we could be getting for the IC title between those guys. You know... I know a lot of people don't watch NXT UK, 
But if you go back and watch NXT TakeOver Cardiff, and you look at Tyler Bate versus Walter for the NXT UK title, Tyler Bate is around, he's a little bit bigger than Rey Mysterio, but they're both small guys. Look at the match that Tyler Bate brought Gunther to, or Walter to, in that main event. They went 45 fucking minutes in one of the best WWE matches that you will ever watch. It is one of the best matches in the history of this company. Rey Mysterio versus Gunther is going to be a true David versus Goliath match. It's going to be tremendous. It's going to be a fucking fun match to watch. And Rey Mysterio is the perfect guy for Gunther to really just kind of beat up on and go and wrestle. And Sheamus, in the meantime, can wrestle his way back to the IC title and we save it for a bigger show, man. I've been saying this. I've been fucking stamping my flag in this fucking creative decision. Sheamus and Gunther is going to happen again, but it can't happen at Survivor Series. It can't happen in Saudi. It can't happen at the Royal Rumble. You got to build intrigue now with Sheamus in the back of the line, building him up, beating everybody along the way, and getting a shot at WrestleMania. Rey Mysterio being on SmackDown and with the plethora of talent in that mid-card now for Gunther to wrestle, he should be primed to keep himself busy while Sheamus wins matches on the back end and we get this match happening in April. So this is a great decision. I love it. I can't wait to see. This is just, it, everything is so simple, man. You know, I, I, it, it's simple. Rey Mysterio's on SmackDown. They give you a reason as, why, uh, as to why he's there, you know? And who's to say we don't see Judgment Day just showing up, right? He thinks he's escaping Judgment Day. That doesn't mean Judgment Day can't show up on SmackDown and fuck his matchup with Gunther. That can't, you know, Judgment Day can't show up on SmackDown and make his life a living hell. This is great stuff. And the idea of Santos and Ray now on the same roster? Awesome. Absolutely awesome. And guys, we already talked about Bray Wyatt. Uh, Bray Wyatt closed the show. It was the last thing that you saw. He went on at 9.50. He was in the ring, entrance, and all that stuff. I talked about it in the beginning of the show. So we kind of did things backwards here. So if you guys want my thoughts on Bray Wyatt, uh, that happened all in the beginning of the show. So if you guys want to go back and listen to that, uh, I do talk about it. And that basically was the conclusion to SmackDown here tonight on Fox, man. I thought tonight was a great show, man. They are really hitting their stride with SmackDown. And it's running and firing on all cylinders, man. I'm very, very, very happy with what is going on on Friday night. As I said earlier, I think that... SmackDown is the best wrestling show right now out of Monday Night Raw, AEW on Monday and Wednesday. So uh, that is great. And yes, Jesse, uh, thank you for the, uh, I, I know it's, it was in my notes, I didn't even say. Uh, it does keep Ray and Dominic apart for the eventual WrestleMania match. It absolutely does. Because you can't keep them going in the same storyline. You can't keep them on Raw together and, it's October and then November and December and January and February and March, right? You got, you got to break them up, you know, and it's going to keep them separated to a point where they do come back together in the... Have, have Dominic eliminate Ray in the Royal Rumble. Have Dominic ruin his father's life in the Royal Rumble, man. That would be great. And then start that feud again during WrestleMania season and we get Ray versus... You already said tonight, I can't wrestle my son. I can't do anything negative to my son. I don't want to be around it. He's eventually going to be brought to that. He's eventually going to feel anger towards his son. He's going to have to wrestle his son. So, yes, it does keep Ray and Dominic apart. 
uh, for the time being, and I think that is absolutely fantastic. Guys, thank you so very much for all of your supports on the show tonight, man. I had a fun time doing this show, man. It's so good when we get a show that we actually like. It's so good when we get a show that we actually like, right? Tonight's show sponsored by Manscaped. Michael Myers is a scary motherfucker, man, but the last thing you need is to be hairy this Halloween season. Luckily, our friends over at Manscaped launched their fourth-generation performance package to make sure that your pumpkins get the ultimate carving experience this spooky season. Turn your bite-sized treat into a king-sized candy and join the six million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com. 20% off free shipping with the code SCRIPT20 at checkout. What's in the performance package 4.0, you ask? Manscaped is going to give you the lawnmower 4.0. It's a full moon, guys, and the werewolf in your pants is howling. It's time to fix that problem with the lawnmower 4.0, man. Their performance trimmer, the star of the show, advanced skin safe technology. You ain't cutting yourself with this one, man. It's waterproof, it's got an LED light so you know where you're shaving. It is awesome. Also included is the Weed Whacker. The Weed Whacker is an ear and nose hair trimmer that that provides skin-safe technology, helps prevent nicks, cuts, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. The Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, the Crop Reviver, the Ball Toner. They'll make sure your pumpkins stay fresh. Also, the new Body Buffer. I used this today while I showered, man. It's fantastic. The new Body Buffer, 100% antibacterial body scrubber, Just what you need to stay fresh and clean this Halloween season. And two free gifts, man, in the performance package. Boxer briefs or boxers and the shed travel bag. The stars of the kit, man. The stars of the kit. That's my favorite part of that. The the, the travel bag is fantastic. So if you guys want all this, man, in the performance package, you guys can go to manscaped.com. Check it out for yourself. And if you want 20% off and free shipping, manscaped.com. Code script 20 At Checkout, I want to thank them, as always, for sponsoring the show right here on Off The Script this Halloween season. Guys, let's get into the Super Chats, man. Get them on in. It's last call. Get your cold beverages out. Let's hang out. We're going to start at the top here. Michelle Moran with a $2 super chat. Is Drew becoming the Scottish psychopath? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. He certainly does need an edge to him. He needs to be pushed to the limit. Cross maybe that guy. Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat. He says, what culture sucks? Not everybody sucks over there. Most of them do. Not all of them. Lord J. Coyle. $5 Super Chat. Please tell me you saw the crowd reaction to Bobby Fish's promo on Impact. I don't know who I am more embarrassed for, Bobby Fish or Impact Wrestling. Yes, I, I, I did see it, bro. 
I, I did see it, man. It was uh, it was quite sad. It was it was actually it was actually so embarrassing, man, uh, that I had to legit turn away. I, I had a uh, a look on my face of just disbelief. I never heard a fucking wrestling crowd so quiet for one guy cut a promo. Grimsley with a five dollar super chat. Hey man, hope you're well. Had an issue with my payment for this month, but no worry because I'm back with my one month mic. Let me get a uh, Nakamura. <laughs> he didn't get me a uh, uh, wood. Thank you, Grimsley. Derek Anawahi with a $1 super chat. Thank you, brother. Michelle Moran with another $2 super chat. I can get into a bloodline brawling brutes feud. I think anybody with the brawling brutes is uh, a great feud, Michelle. Honestly. And the other way around, too. Anybody with the bloodline, great feud. Matt, the PW fan, formerly known as PW Elite fan. With a $200 super shot. I have no idea what to make out of what we saw with Bray. Other than brilliant. Love that we got a real heartfelt promo from Bray. Or Wyndham. Before his dual personality cut in to end the show, we're about to go on one hell of a journey. Hashtag OTS for life. Matt, I appreciate you, brother. $200 super chat. You guys have blown me away with all the support this month, man. It is crazy the amount of support we've gotten this month. You guys are awesome. Um, it's something that I said earlier, um, Matt. It may not even be Bray. It may be Brother Bo. His brother Bo may be the one snapping some sense into him, man. We will see. Right now, we don't know where the split personality would come from. So that's why I'm leaning more towards it being somebody else and not Bray. Like who? Where is the split personality coming from? Tony Brown with a 499 Super Jet. Have a safe journey, my friend. Tony Brown, thank you so much, brother. Our booty meat tales will continue next Friday, bro. Mendelf's Isma with a $2 Super Chat. He's like, man. Bray Wyatt, man. Brad Pie with a $2 super chat. I was live at SmackDown. OMG, I saw Bray Wyatt live. Take it easy, bro. Take it easy, bro. Tenario with a $5 super chat. What's up, JD? Question, what are your favorite Sepultura songs? Troops of Doom, Arise, Beneath the Remains, Mass Hypnosis, Territory, Slave New World, Refuse Resist, Dead Embryonic Cells, Desperate Cry, 
subtraction, basically all of Arise. Basically all of Arise. Arise is one of my favorite albums of all time. Clearly, I'm not a Sepultura fan. Sean Ray J with a $10 super chat in the back. Sepultura, by the way, was one of the, probably the biggest influence for me and my brother to actually start a band in the first place. And by the way, the new Alter Bridge album absolutely fucking slays, man. I legitimately turned on my Spotify at 12.01 a.m. last night. Laid in bed, listened to it two times through, and then I listened to all my favorite tracks again after that, and again all day today, man. Fable of the Silent Sun is fucking incredible. It's like Alter Bridge dipping their toes into the dream theater spectrum, man. It goes from Alter Bridge to Dream Theater to Alter Bridge to Iron Maiden to Alter Bridge. It's fucking crazy. So good. Sean Ray J with a $10 super chat in the background of the Liv Morgan segment. I forgot to talk about Liv Morgan, man. There you go. Uh, there was a Bray logo and an all black hooded figure to the right of it. I think that was Abby the Witch. I think Liv's split personality is Abby. Bro, I think uh, I think Liv is definitely going to end up being a part of the Wyatt Six, bro. I think what we're seeing right now, um, I think what we're seeing right now with Liv definitely fits into what could be coming for her. And I do think that this could be a breakthrough role for her if she's aligned with Bray. Uh, so we will see what happens there. But, I mean, it would make sense, not only because of, A, she needs it, B, if Bo Dallas is a part of it, supposedly they're linked together in real life uh, romantically. So uh, I think that would be great. So we will see what happens there with uh, Liv Morgan. So interesting stuff. Definitely interesting stuff coming for Bray Wyatt. Miggy Saito. I don't know what currency this is, but we got a $125 super chat in Miggy Saito's currency. Admit it, JD, you are a part of the Wyatt Six. Um, Miggy, you found me out, bro. How'd you figure me out, bro? Nick Williams with a $100 super chat. Welcome back, Bray Wyatt. Have fun in Ireland, JD. Nick Williams, thank you so much for the love this week, brother. We love you. Yes, uh, Liv Morgan took out Sonya Deville tonight, man. I didn't, I didn't even put it in my fucking notes, man. But yeah, she did take out Sonya. Sonya apparently wants Liv. She was talking shit about Liv. Two four eight radio with a one ninety nine super chat. Hope you enjoy your trip. I'll keep an eye on the venue. Uh, the venue is going to be closed down for the week, bro. Uh, we're getting somebody in here to deep clean it, sanitize it, make it all fresh and new when I get back. King Mo Jackson with a 199 Super Chat. Just stopping by to show the channel some love. Thank you, King Mo. Jaxo23 with a $10 Super Chat. Impact invaded AEW Rampage. Bro, Rampage sucks. If Jesse says Rampage sucks, then I know it sucks. 
Greatest Fan becomes a new member. Tozy for Racing becomes a new member. Themes, Theme Parks and Things with Johnny becomes a new member. Gentlemen, what are you drinking tonight, guys? Mike NY with a $2 Super Chat. Imperium versus the Usos versus Brutes versus New Day TLC. Sold. Ernest Williams with a $4.99 Super Chat. I was in attendance tonight to see Bray's entrance in person. It was very special. I'll never forget it. The greatest fan with a $5 Super Chat. Is there going to be a mini meet and greet in Ireland? Asking costs. This might be the only chance for some of us UK folk to see you in person. Bro, I haven't really announced anything yet, man. I don't know if I really want to on vacation. The, the point of going on vacation is to actually go on vacation and not do a meet and greet. I don't know, man. It may be too late to set something up, man. I don't know who's coming from where. It's not like I'm going to Manhattan and my New York fucking faithful is going to be coming out 60 deep. You know, I'm going to, I, I'll be in Dublin. I don't know how many people are in Dublin, man. Where are you coming from? You coming from England? Where are you coming from? Romania? Where are you coming from? Just to meet me? Who the fuck am, who the fuck am I? I don't know how many fans I have centralized in Ireland, bro. Listen, I appreciate, I appreciate you guys wanting me to do a meet and greet, but I, I don't know. It may be too late to even get anything going. I, I, I'd have to call a venue, right? Tenario, $2 Super Chat. JD, do you like the Blade Trilogy? Um, only Blade 1 and partially Blade 2. I didn't really like Blade 3. Black's Bro with a 199 Super Chat. Why hasn't Roderick Strong been called up? Finishing up in NXT, bro. Grimsley with a $5 Super Chat. I believe Bray's theme is by Code Orange. It did sound like that. Uh, maybe that's why Alistair Black's theme lyrics were in the URL thing. Listen to it again, and I loved it personally. I'd have to, I'd have to listen to it away from the live show. As soon as it hits Spotify, I'll listen to it, and I'll give my genuine opinion on it. But it did sound like Code Orange, yes. So you may be right on that, Crimsley. Hey, Phillies are tough, man. Phillies are going to end it tomorrow, I predict. Phillies versus uh, Dodgers, and then I think it's going to be Dodgers and... I think it's going to be Dodgers in Houston in the World Series. I think the Dodgers are winning the World Series. There's no way... I mean, how many wins they have this year? 113 wins? There's no way the Dodgers don't win the World Series with 113 wins. It's just fucking stupid. Yeah, the Braves are playing terrible, man. Six, seven, eight, nine hitters, man, are 0 for 30. They ain't winning the fucking game if they can't hit. I don't even, I got mine last year, man. Good luck. Good luck. One less thing I have to worry about this year. Uh, DeMarcus Vaughn with a $5 super chat. Though I hate Bryce Harper, man. Bryce Harper's a cocksucker. Uh, DeMarcus Vaughn with a $5 super chat. No message. Thank you so much, brother. Furious Nation with... Two $10 Super Chats. What's good, JD? Really enjoyed SmackDown tonight. I'd be lying to you if I told you I didn't shed a tear during Bray's segment tonight. I kind of teared up a little bit as well, brother. Uh, Rey Mysterio from Raw to SmackDown with an explanation was a great thing to see. 
You never see this if Vince was still there, right? The SmackDown, to be honest, is more positive than negative. Ray right? Santos is a must. Yes. Did the Dodgers lose tonight? Oh, my goodness. You know, I'll tell you what, man. You know, it, it's those wild card teams that are always the most dangerous, man, because they're the most hot. You know, I honestly do think that if you are a team like the Dodgers and the Braves who have a five-day layoff, it fucks you up. Listen, man, if the Dodgers get eliminated, I don't feel too bad. I don't feel so bad if the Braves get eliminated, bro. That'll make the Mets, Dodgers, and Braves out. Three 100-win teams, bro. Something ain't right there. Furious, I agree with you, brother. Raphael DeLuna with the $2 Super Jab. Better band, Metallica or Iron Maiden? Uh, I was never a fan of, of Iron Maiden, bro. Metallica. Even though Metallica's... Uh, Metallica's music after Black Album. Garbage. Richard with a four-month membership. New Alter Bridge is amazing. Start to finish. Enjoy Ireland and let us know if you find any good whiskeys while there. You are the best in the IWC. Thank you, brother. I will be going to the Jameson Distillery, man. I will be uh, taking a cocktail class at the Jameson Distillery, man. So I will definitely keep you guys posted. Uh, Tenario with the $2 Super Chat. Favorite Judas Priest song, Painkiller. No doubt about it. American rock star Patrick Palmer with a four-month membership. Have fun in Ireland, lad. You know I will, bro. Furious with the $10 Super Chat. With the addition of Rey Mysterio to SmackDown as well. Am I the only one that thinks that SmackDown looks like the A-Show currently based on who they have currently on Friday nights? It is the A-Show, bro. It is the A-Show. It is the A-Show. Um, Alter Bridge, yes. I'm glad you guys are enjoying the new Alter Bridge, man. I know, I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but Fable of the Silent Sun is an instant classic. Um, I love Last Man Standing. I love Pawns and Kings. I love This is War. Uh, I think Sin After Sin is great. Um, what is, uh, the second track as well? What is that? Um, Dead Among the Living is fucking awesome, too. So many good, so many good tracks, man. The, the fucked up thing about it, it's only 10 songs. Quality over quantity is what I say. Uh, Francisco with a $5 super chat. Code Orange tweeted at Bray saying, die for me, brother. Is that the name of the song, Die for Me? I don't know, man. I'll give my thoughts on Brace theme music when I actually get it on Spotify. Silver Tongue is great, too. Silver Tongue is uh, something that will keep you uh, singing it all day long, man. The chorus is infectious. Furious Nation with a $20 super chat. Also, I've been thinking about this for a while, but... Would you be open to Raw having a new theme song by Alterbridge and SmackDown having One Finger and a Fist by Drowning Pool as their new theme song? Have a blast in Ireland, bro. Bro, I have been lobbying for Alterbridge to, to be the official theme of Survivor Series. 
War Games. They just, Alter Bridge just put out a song for the new album. It's opening, it opens their new album. It's called This Is War. Who should be, it, the, the whole fucking song is just perfect for War Games. I hope that it's the case. You know, Alter Bridge should be a band. You know, they inducted fucking Donald Trump. They inducted Kid Rock into the Hall of Fame. You don't think Alter Bridge deserves to be in the WWE Hall of Fame? They are iconic to the lore of WWE, man. Look at what they've done with Edge. Alter Bridge should be... If Edge is having a WrestleMania match and it's his last WrestleMania, Alter Bridge should be playing him to the ring. I really hope that they do use the song for Survivor Series, man. I think that would be fucking fantastic. On top of them being my favorite band. And Snoop Dogg's in the Hall of Fame, too. Let me break. Matthew Malnar with a 199 Super Chat. Bray's new theme is called Shatter. Well, there you go. Golden Boy with the 13 months. Thank you, brother. Just wanted to say stay safe travels, brother. Your OTS fan will be here once you get back. Have fun. You will be acknowledged across the pond as you do everywhere. Listen, man. Whoever acknowledges me across the pond, bro, you're getting a picture. I will be, listen, man, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to uh, Sean's Bar, Sean's Pub, the oldest bar in the world. I think that's in Doolin. I'll be in Doolin. I don't know when we're going, but I'm going. Um, and I'll be, I don't know where I'm going in Dublin, man. I'm, I'm, I'll be I'll be at cocktail bars and fucking bar hopping. It's going to be great. Listen, guys, I'm getting out of here. I got to get ready for tomorrow's live stream. I will be live at 2 p.m. Tomorrow afternoon, man, we'll be doing OTS Extra, getting you guys all the news you need to round out the week. It's the last time you'll see me this week until next Friday. Thank you guys very much for a great post-show. 2,800 plus in the venue. Hit that thumbs up. Thank you for the super chats. Let me see those emotes in the chat. I need those guitar emojis, the rock on emojis, the Mustang emojis, and I need that music on max. Guys, 2 p.m. tomorrow. OTS. I'll see you later.